KFNX News Talk Radio 1100, it's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. Well, hello there, listener. I didn't notice you there. This is the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show, and I'm Alon. And I'm Mara. And we do a show every week. In case you haven't heard it before, well, welcome to our program. If you want to give us a call, it's 866-536-1100. We also have a website, which has the wrong time for the show on it, because I still haven't changed it. That's chatterboxgameshow.com, and you'll find our email addresses there, too, if you want to email us about something or, or suggest a a show topic, something of the sort. I never uh, took you for the seductive type, Alon. Is that what I was doing? A little bit. Oh, well. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's a new me. I don't know what happened, but it's a new me. I've also never seen so much hair on your face. (laughs) Well, it is Movember, so. Indeed. So next week I have to go to Vegas for a family reunion, kind of. It's a tough life. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, all the other relatives fly, but I'm, I get to drive because I live close enough, oh. right? Well, that's and, actually uh, kind of lame. So hanging out with the fam, there's going to be like 13 of us. Small family, I guess, compared to other families, but we usually don't have 13 people in one place. So that's going to be crazy. I heard that's a really but, lucky uh, number. My brother and I both participate in this November thing, so it's going to be mustache-bound. Mustache-November? Is yeah, that where the... It's, it's Movember. Are you not familiar with this? Clearly not. I forgot. You don't know anything that happens outside of your home. So <laughs> anything important Movember, that happens inside my home. Movember is a thing where you grow a but mustache. But y- you don't have a mustache. You've got some kind of like oh no, this spinal is this is a quality stash. Last year, don't you remember last year I had the handlebars? Yeah, uh, no. This is just an extension on the handlebars. These are like uh, ape grips. Well, you won't get any arguments from me about that. <laughs> okay. As long as you don't have a beard. And or it's not connected to a beard. Oh, it can't then, be a beard. Then that's, it's a mustache. That's the rule. Well, it, if it were to connect to the beard, then it wouldn't. It wouldn't, you know, be okay. There are rules. So, anyway, this is just a very thick or widely placed mustache. I wonder if. I guess uh, another month for beards, right? Uh, maybe. Beard. If we had a Facebook page or something, like we could put up photos, and you know, if we had like a a website or something where. People could look at stuff. I, I don't I, think anyone actually cares about that. I'd want us to retain the listeners that we currently have. That's good. Well, luckily, we're only on the radio. So, um, do we have to pick up anything that we talked about last week, or is this just a fresh new no, show? No, we, we're starting out fresh and new. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, anything specific that uh, that we want to talk about, or you just want to go through a list? I got a couple quickies. All right. I mean, couple I guess we goodies. should start off by just announcing the day. Today is November 15, traditionally an important day. For Microsoft for mustaches? No, for the Xbox. Oh, it's some kind of anniversary or something, right? Well, I mean, yes, it's the 10th anniversary of the original Xbox release, but also November 15th traditionally has just been a day of like Halo releases or new Xbox stuff or like the new dashboard. I thought the new dashboard was coming out today, but I turned on the Xbox. It's not. It's not there. Special coming out. So, but last week, I mean, there were there were a ton of games. Yeah, ton of big heavy hitters. Today's supposed to be Halo Halo anniversary, right? There's that. I actually, this is quite rare for me, find myself now. There's three games I want, and 
Um, I've gotten one of them, right? And there's still two games I want, and I'm Put actually in the middle of playing three other games right now. That's and yeah, that's and not that's like one you. of them. It's very unlike me. Yeah, I, I kind of uh, it. It's been so many years where I've actually only enjoyed like let's say less than five games, and it's usually actually less than three that um it started to become almost like. A badge of pride, but now I find no, there's way more games that I want to play than I have time to play. So you say you want three, you've gotten one, and that's Odomedius, which we talked about last week. No, I don't have that yet. You don't have it yet? No. Still hasn't arrived? Still, it's, you know, these guys that play in trade, you know, there's a lot of logistics involved in getting one game to the store, so... That is a little ridiculous. Yeah, it's maybe maybe a little bit too much for them, but hopefully not. Just ordered on Amazon. But here, here's the funny thing, right? Well... Here's what happened with Amazon, right? I, I got Skyrim today in the mail. Okay. This is also one of the first games that I've pre-ordered, right? But I didn't pre-order it months ago. I pre-ordered it on Thursday, last Thursday. <laughs> the release date was Friday. Now, why did you pre-order it? Because Amazon was the first company smart enough to actually make it worth my while. Okay. They said, hey... If you pre-order this, we'll give you a $10 credit. All right. And I was like, that's the kind of motivation I need to engage into pre-orders. Let me tell you, I did that before, I think with Super Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah. I was supposed to get a $20 credit. Yeah. That does not exist anywhere, period. Then I've you got ripped it. off. Yeah. No, I totally did. But uh, they better be giving me my credits. It is not. I went into that account, and there is no credit from that. It's... Well, well, rest assured that I will certainly be uncovering yeah. mine either the easy way or the like, hard way. Like it may have just been been put in the account as like some sort of gift certificate credit or yeah. something, but it's supposed to be specifically towards another video game, and I couldn't find any reference to that anywhere in my account. Yeah. Well, that's lame. But this one is supposed to be right. You buy the game after you purchase it. After they ship it, then you know they'll they'll put in a, a deposit into your Amazon account, and you can use it on anything. Yeah, well, that's nice of them. Yeah, so that was very nice. I mean, Make the game cheaper, and you will buy it. What an incredible concept. Yeah, they actually do that a lot. And also, you know, I, I successfully avoided you know, paying sales tax and also paying shipping. For now. For now, yes, yeah. indeed. Yes, for now. I'm going to take the most advantage possible while we still can. What you need to do is get a... Oh, man, why does that company not exist? We need, we need, this is the best idea ever. I don't know if I'm going to say this on the radio. You, you may not want to if it's I the best idea I have a great business, business proposition. You might want to keep that under wraps, though. Oh, my God. Anyway. I am, I am a freaking genius. Okay. I can't believe. Well, we either got to sit on During the break, you the remind pot. me. Okay. All during right. the break. And you'll tell me how crazy right. it is, and then maybe I'll tell them in a second. Here's, second. here's, there's something interesting. There's another funny dynamic that I'm experiencing now that the, uh, my demand for games is greater than, you know, my my time for them, right? And we kind of left off the last episode at this place, right? When I was rattling off all of these crazy things that this demon, demon souls, dark souls patch is supposed to fix, right? All these crazy fundamental sounding things about the game's tuning were modified, right? And here's the other funny thing is that now that Skyrim came out, right? Not only do they have, right, a day one patch right it's not huge it's only like three megs right pretty small right but they actually identified another gigantomundus bug yeah and here's how it goes right apparently 
if you install the game on your hard drive, if you got the 360 version, which that's the version I got. And you're wondering, you may be wondering, Ara, why did you get the 360 version, right? Well, Todd Howard, the director of the game, he said on an interview, because I was like, okay, I'm gonna, let me do some research and see which game, what's the best platform for it, right? And it's funny, right? Because I just stumbled upon an interview where Todd Howard is speaking. He's like, I, li- I prefer to play on the Xbox version, right? So he plays the Xbox version. I play the Xbox version. Did he explain why? Um, no, and there's a, there's a lot of really subtle differences oftentimes between... The controller is better. The Xbox Live interaction is better. I you mean, don't even have live to, goals, to me, but... To me, it's just like which game runs better, right? Oftentimes when there's... Especially nowadays... Um, because the technology is, is so close in terms of performance, there's a lot of really subtle but important to the player sometimes differences in performance. I was uh, like Digital Foundry. I don't know if you're aware of that website, right? But they do really, really cool comparisons between, um, you know, let's say like different, uh, different, different platform releases of the same game, right? And they get into real technical details. Uh, I was reading one thing about uh, F1 2011, and this is the craziest thing, right? The MIP mapping on the 360 version is better than on the PS3 version. On the PS3 version, the textures go down into lower MIP levels. In other words, they, they look worse at a closer distance. Whereas on the th- on the 360, you can see the texture remain sharp much, much farther into the distance before it actually MIPs down to the next lower level. Of, of texture. Did you just tell me that on the PS3 it gets worse? It's worse. The closer you are. Yeah. It, in other you're words, saying it appears worse because it doesn't. It doesn't bring the texture resolution up. It, no. It, well, right. Right. It doesn't bring it up the same way that the Xbox does at any given distance. Right. Okay. So anyway, the long and the short of it is that if you got the Xbox version, right, it, it ran slightly better and you would get sharper textures that were like, let's say. Middle range, right? Not star protectors all around, just ones that were, let's say, like, you know, 100 to 500 feet away. So this is how subtle this stuff gets, right? But anyway, right, I didn't want to spend too much time getting into the most tiny details, right? I just wanted to know because I just wanted to do that pre-order and get my credit and get the thing ordered, right? And so, okay, Todd Howard says that's what he plays, so I listen to Todd Howard. Now, but, But anyway, that's not the point I'm trying to get at. As for installing to the hard drive, is this something you'd normally do with the games that you play? Normally, on? yes. Okay, so yeah. So that's what, okay. That's I'm 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 leaving off more loose ends than I'm tying up. But anyway, yeah, that's what happened, right? So if you install to the hard drive, your texture resolution drops down to like this horrendous like level for everything. So if you inst- if you get the game, if you install it to the hard drive, your textures are lame until they release a patch, and it's known they're going to release another patch. But here's the thing that I'm getting at with all of this exposition. With all these games that are coming out, all these highly desirable games, right? Like, I don't have, I don't have Dark Souls yet. I haven't even played it. Uh, not, not only that, it came down $10 in its new price in Amazon. And with all of this chaos happening at the time of release with these big hit games and all these things that they're going to fix and change anyway, I'm much less inclined to actually want to get the game right away. I'm with you there. In fact, like I, I would I would be I wouldn't even say it that passively, right? Like I am much more inclined to just wait. I don't want to get the game when it comes out at sixty bucks. I'm gonna wait until it's like forty or fifty bucks new 
and then I'll get it, and then they'll have patches, and then the bugs will be worked out, right? And this is win-win for me because I'm busy anyway, but it's totally lose-lose for the people selling the games. Yeah, but, I mean, you have a different priority than their target audience, which is the people who want it right away, I mean... I, I suppose. But here's here's what I'm getting at, right? Not everybody... Not, not, I'm not even going to say that. Most people are not playing multiple games at once. You're playing one or two games, yeah. right? So, well, for example, all the people who are crazy about, you know, uh, Modern Warfare 3, right? They're probably not playing Skyrim. They're probably playing Modern well, Warfare 3. Well, I mean, we're talking about different audiences here. Okay, fair enough. But they're, fair they're not going to play Halo Anniversary fair while they're playing Modern Warfare 3 but for the most part. My, my point is is that there are so many games coming out, and there's so many people interested in multiple games, not necessarily Modern Warfare 3 and Skyrim, right? But there's lots of games that a lot of people are interested in, right? And because the quality is not top-notch right out of the gate, I think that it's hurting the publishers. I doubt that that's the case. However, the whole idea that there are too many games at once yeah. certainly hurts them. And that's why we've seen this push to spread it, game releases over throughout the year. They're all, they're all little drops in the bucket that add up, I think. Alright, well, we're going to break. We'll be right back, folks. Arizona's News Talk Leader, KFNX, AM 1100. And we are back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Currently sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology. That's UAT.edu. Now, if this business idea is as hot as I think it is, maybe it could just be sponsored by me from now on. Maybe it could. Right? What do you think? you think it's worthwhile? I think you should do it. Ah, man. I, it's rare. People have ideas all the time. This one could totally fly. And I can't tell you about it. You know, the, the difference between uh, success and failure is action. Yes. And also finding a business idea with virtually no capital investment required. And that is this one. It's been done before. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait to go home and tell my wife so she can tell me reasons that I shouldn't do it. All right. So um, we've got uh, we got Penn on the line. Do you know why he's calling? I'm not sure exactly why he's calling. Mortal Kombat or Modern mm-hmm. Warfare? Modern Warfare. But right. uh, let's find out. All right, Penn. Hey, so, good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing? What's happening, Penn? Uh, I am currently almost three days worth of playing for Modern Warfare 3. That doesn't surprise me one bit. How many times have you gone to the bathroom since three uh, days? I, I think not enough. Okay. No, that's, I always stop. I always stop. And, that's what they all say. That's what they all say. You just need to get that <laughs> new lounge chair where you never have to get up. Yeah, that doesn't sound sanitary. So what do you want to tell us about this game? Uh, that we should totally play it? No, um, I don't think... If you're not interested at this point, then nothing about it will, I was will just, make you more... He's given up on you a lot. I was talking to my buddy who plays the Modern Warfare game, the Call of Duties in general, right? And, uh, you know, he says it's good. And he actually said it, he didn't. He doesn't like it as much as the second one, which surprised me. But um, the thing is, I'm to that point where I am no longer good... At that game, like first-person shooters, man, I try to play them, and I just get my ass handed to me every time I play. And so you can't just enter a new first-person shooter game out of nowhere. You can't do it because unless you're specifically with your friends who you know are at a level similar to your own, 
you're just going to be frustrated beyond belief. And that's, that's me. That's pretty much my experience, actually, too. Yeah. Well, I, actually, with the with the, the problem is is that if you take death in in a multiplayer game as serious as you would in a single player game, then you'll never be able to enjoy it. Uh, when I played Modern Warfare One, I was playing the game maybe six months after release, so I was basically just dying constantly. But it, that didn't really bother me because I know I didn't know what I was doing, and they did. So yeah, no, I, I mean, just, I don't. I don't treat death in uh, well, a death let, match let, that strongly. It's just that when you look at yourself and you see that you died 50 times and you killed three people, you were a deficit of 47 points to your team, and they would have been better off had you just not played. Yeah, but it's the only way you could learn. That's So that didn't discourage you at all? I mean, like, when you started playing, right, I'm sure you were, like, died 47 times, killed three people, right? Yeah, I died all the time. I was terrible at the game, and there, but I played almost to one prestige on the first Modern Warfare because learning was as much fun. So this is interesting, right? What what kept you? What was what was motivating you? Because certainly it wasn't performance. Um, well, just that it, it was the game was very exciting and well done, and it was it was seeing myself get killed and then figuring out how it happened and how I could duplicate that action. So it was, so it was basically the, the process of learning was what motivated you to continue yeah. to play. I mean, the, the game, it, it, it helps that the game is probably, you feel so one-to-one with the control that, like, no other shooter really feels that way, where you feel this very distinct connection to what's going on Dude, on screen and your it, hand. Does it have PlayStation Move control options? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Damn it. Nice try. I would totally play that. So so I think what Alon is basically just saying is that his experience in the game, his learning process was not uh, filled with enough learning to motivate him to continue to play versus the getting the crap beat out of you constantly. Well, I, I disagree. I think what he was saying is that he felt guilt that he was bringing down the team and I say, okay. Who so which cares? one? Which one was it, Alon? Which one were you saying? Um, I, I I don't know how to define whether or not I had enough learning happening. It's well, just, well, certainly whether it was learning or not, like you, there wasn't anything to continue to motivate you to play based on your initial plays, right? Well, here's the thing. There's there's a natural tendency to enjoy things that you're good at, and. I'll give you an example. Most recently, the, the most recent first-person shooter that I spent time playing, I, I played an embarrassingly, embarrassingly um, high amount of Breach for Xbox Live Arcade, All right. um, simply because you know I got a, a download key for it, whatever, um, from the, the marketing people, and played it a little bit before it came out, so I kind of felt like I had a head start when it did get released, and then I went back to it like a week or two later when people had had the chance to play it, and I just totally sucked compared to everybody else. But then, like, I found whatever necessary exploit you need to be able to rank up very quickly and get to the higher levels of weapons. And then I would be excited that I had these big weapons that I could beat up on the little noobs who hadn't hadn't gotten them yet. Great! Um, but then everybody had them <laughs> shortly <laughs> thereafter. And um, and once again, I was not, not very good at all. And, and I had put enough time in this game that I should have been good. So it's like... Are my am I just not good enough? Like, do I not take in the cues in the environment of like where people are? Um, have I have I not 
sucked in or absorbed whatever necessary bits of information I need for first-person shooters in general? Or do I not move the control sticks well enough that I can aim properly? Like something, I felt like there was something absolutely key to the gameplay of this style of game, not of this particular game, but of this style of game that I just don't have. And maybe someone could enlighten me with the right, you know, uh, watching me play and figuring out what it is I do wrong. Maybe I could be educated but I felt like I've played enough of, of like Halo and Breach and whatever other games I've played, and I'm still horrible at it, that I'm I'm just not picking something up. And until I can be enlightened, I'm going to stay that way, and I'm going to continue not having fun because I'm just not that good. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's a pretty common reason why people choose to end their gameplay sessions or experiences. Well, I, I think I got lucky in that um, my I, I, stick, I stuck with Modern Warfare 1, and Modern Warfare 2 was such a drastic change that I was as I was new like everyone else was new. It didn't the 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 skills translated but not as much as you think from Modern Warfare 1 to Modern Warfare 2. And that to me, I mean I, I got good enough at Modern Warfare 2 that the button layouts, the the strategies, everything it's like it was like in my DNA. It was uh what Aura brought up which was getting in the zone like when that would happen, I basically got really good at getting to that point really fast. And it, it, I got so good at it that after playing two-hour sessions, I would be exhausted, even though before I could play for eight hours without stopping. Now two-hour sessions, because I know what skill level I, I must achieve, that it just drains you physically, even though you're just sitting there with a controller in your hand. You know, I would have expected the opposite. You know what? Your your description actually puts a smile on my face. Literally. Because no, literally yes. Because I, this is okay. So people talk about like game experiences and what games do to you and what games like uh, how they affect you. But I think that it's one of the most significant things you can get from a game if it can bring you to the point of exhaustion. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's an amazing experience, but you only I mean what what I'm guessing is pro gamers just don't feel this level of stress, and maybe that's what makes them pro gamers and me just a regular person, because I, I I'd say I was above average in uh, ability in the game, but that was because uh, the game allowed for a lot of strategy, not my hand eye coordination. You know, I'm, I'm as I get older just became less and less i'm not i know i'm not as good as i could have been 10 years ago however there's a lot of mind games that Aren't can be you played like in the 25 how old are you 22? i'm actually about to be 28 that's plenty of time to play video games you, for 10 years do you think though that like his video game abilities his his yes, agility has yes, decreased yes. from 18 to 28 yes absolutely 28 like, you're like prime have you i have seen seven-year-olds play battle toads and gets to the eighth level which is like clearly within cyborg territory of skill are you kidding me i am not I don't my, know. my brain's reaction time compared to my hands like there's a there's a gap like i feel the gap like yeah. i'll see the guy and i know i'm supposed to shoot him but it doesn't translate to my hands Dude, fast I'm, I'm definitely not as good as i used to be and I mean, I'm okay. I'm a little I mean, now older. that now that we're in our 30s, but he's still in his 20s. Yeah. Well, it's only going to get worse. <laughs> yeah, but well, that's why Enjoy Modern that Warfare. Slide. That's why I like Modern Warfare 2 so much because I could always outthink the other players. I could always find that place where it's it's so perfect that 
I have complete advantage. And All then right. you got yeah. one one minute left. Tell me what it is about this game that you wanted to impart on us. Apparently, you don't even have one minute. Um, <laughs> all right, stay with us because I do I do want to hear your your final thought on this. We'll be we'll be right back. To me, Mario, you're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. All right, we're back. And if you are like pretty much anybody listening to the show, you are listening to it on a podcast, which means you didn't have a commercial break just there. So, let's bring back our caller that you just heard ten seconds ago. Penn! Hey, how are you doing? Uh, so, well, the reason I called is I wanted to talk about uh, camping. Um, normally, it's used as a negative term when playing a first-person shooter in that someone is just sitting in one spot and getting a lot of kills. In the design decision between Modern Warfare 1 and Modern Warfare 2, they added a lot of traversal options, a lot of climbing and getting up on things, high ground and low ground, and secret areas that you could reach if you did, you know, bizarre things. And uh, I remember playing at first, and I was a really good camper. And everyone would say, well, you're just camping the whole match. And I said, well, they built it. This, is, this wasn't a mistake that you can climb all these things, because the only time you can climb is when... Uh, a button appears on screen that says push A, which means you can climb on top of it. And there were all these very strange areas of the map that you could climb on to your advantage. And it took a long time for people to catch up to what I found. And the only reason I found it was because gun on gun, I would most likely lose. But if I could have a positional advantage... Well, you are, you are 28, so don't feel bad about that. <laughs> and gaining a positional advantage was, was key to, to victory. And so in Modern Warfare 3, they did something interesting where they removed that. They, it's basically now just more in the style of Modern Warfare 2 where it's very basic level design, but uh, they basically rounded out the maps so that in Modern Warfare 1 and 2, there were always these corners where if you wanted to camp, you could. And now they made it so that it's almost like each map is a circle, and there's always at a minimum, three ways of entering a specific area, making it almost impossible to to stay in one place for a long period of time without somebody figuring out how to get you. Now, that takes away the strategy, and now I'm less interested in the game. However, so many people view camping as a negative thing that I wanted to know, do you feel that that it's worth removing the strategy of a game for the purposes of making everyone not feel bad that they're losing because a guy found a smart way to kill them. Well, I think their decision-making probably comes in uh, after watching a lot of gameplay, right? They they know where people are, and they see people's complaints. Like, I don't know if you're in the Modern Warfare forums and communities and stuff and, and hearing the complaints like the developers do. Um, so I'm guessing if they made that change, and it was a conscious one, which... 
is likely considering you're, you're saying they seem to have this theme about them, um, about the levels, I mean, or they just hired someone different, right? A different team of people to handle levels. In fact, isn't it a whole new company making the third one? Yeah, but it, I mean, it sounds like what they did about camping was pretty deliberate and also like, well, like it wasn't yeah. like, oh, we just gave it to you guys and you guys just did it this way. I, I got to say, by the way, deliberate. putting in scripted climbing areas sounds pretty lame. Uh, but, you know, if you liked it in the second one, great. Uh, but well, it, it was that not everything was was something that you can climb, and so it it was just an easy like once you memorize it, the the notification just disappears, like you don't even notice it anymore. But it's the, so. the idea that a certain area is climbable, right? Versus just giving you the option to elevate yourself through a jump mechanism or um, through some sort of climbing function that you can perform and. If the terrain is suitable, then you can get up it, right? So it's some sort of scripted option. Just seems strange to me, especially in in a first-person shooter multiplayer map where you know you don't really have time for scripted events. Yeah, right? I, I, I hear what you're saying. But anyway, well, but but I, I I can't think of a of a better way to to train a mass group of people in this one aspect without just kind of sitting there and showing and forcing them to watch a video of this is how you climb. And even then, some people will not watch that video. Well, I, I so, think what Alon's saying is instead of having it be this canned, like, sequence where you can, like, only do it here and it's going to be like this, like, actually, like, weave the mechanical aspect of getting onto things as part of, like, the intrinsic mechanics of the game. So you don't really, like, enter any kind of different mode, right? Like, you just, like you'll just jump up a group of steps, right? Exactly. Like they give, they put a boulder somewhere that you can jump onto, and then they put a larger boulder next to it that you can then jump on, and so on, right? Well, the reason they do that is because a lot of games that don't have that option, you'll accidentally do something that doesn't involve shooting when all you really wanted to do was shoot. This activates climb. Like when you're climbing, you are not attacking. So yeah. it must be a very conscious decision. And so if you just make it where if you jump towards something, it automatically climbs, then that will create a lot of anger well that's, <laughs> that's definitely one way to address it but I, I think that what Alon will also continue to say is that i think that it can still be done in a way that makes it so that you ensure that the player doesn't do something intentional without forcing the player to transition in and out of a canned sequence yeah i mean what, what you were just saying there is actually the argument for my situation like we're not having them climb because they jumped at something it's just that they're able to jump on something period like part of the game mechanic is jumping and elevating the player, and so oh, now they're oh, on. Also, higher... you, you jump normal heights. You don't jump like like Mario. Yeah. Like it's very much like you climb. I'm sorry, you don't jump. You climb. I I know, but I, I was saying that in the place of climbing, you would. It doesn't it doesn't matter. We're getting off topic here. <laughs> I just I thought, I thought it was particularly interesting. I thought it was interesting to hear that they made this choice, and I'm embarrassed that I didn't know it. But of course, we've discussed on this show. Right? Well, we don't play Modern one of Warfare. Those... Reviewers always say, "Oh, well, this game is just like the other game," and and I go, "No, it's completely different." And Modern Warfare Three, I'd say, is the same way, with them removing the, this aspect of the game, yeah. and now it becomes more about my ability. I I still found ways to sort of take over a, an area and camp, but it's just I usually can't keep it for a long period of time, and it's it's just become and it's now become less interesting, and I feel myself being funneled. Or a style of play well, of, that of course, I don't like. You got accustomed and you found an advantage in in developing that style, and now they've taken the style away from you. So yeah. it's it's completely natural to feel like uh, you know. Well, I mean, gypped at least, right? But I, I want to ask you well, one question about this, right, Penn? Yeah. Like what? 
What do you think it is about camping that pisses off other players so universally? That's that a fair they have a hard time understanding why it's working for you and not for them. Because I, I learned by watching others. They started doing the camping thing, and when I got into that position with their equipment, I was unsuccessful. And slowly, after playing you know, hours of the game, I understood I have two walls behind me. I just have to view 180 of the map as opposed to 360. So that's one advantage of, of camping in a specific area. And then you learn things like, uh, and then you learn how to counter people who get to that spot before you. So I know if I just throw a grenade in that corner without looking, there will most likely be somebody there and I'll get a kill without putting myself in danger. And they never learn how to stop me. They only, they only try to bombard me with just force. They just keep coming back and back and back. And because they're so angry, they're not concentrating on thinking of a smart way to get rid of me. Well, well let me give you the other, other player's point of view. So I, for one, like if I find an opportunity to camp, so to speak, I, uh, I don't mind using it. In fact, I've done it plenty of times in, in games that I have played, though not Modern Warfare. Um, but... When I'm in the position of getting killed all the time from someone else who's just way better than me and taking advantage of something like that, uh, it does get really frustrating. And I think to myself, this is this is upsetting that, okay, for whatever reason, they're, maybe they know the map better and they can get in that position faster than me, and then I'm just killed all the time. And so whether or not it's it's true from your point of view, like I feel, and potentially a lot of other people, feel like they were getting abused because people are taking advantage of these opportunities. And so, I mean, obviously they're trying to, to please the most number of people. And so if most people are upset with that decision, then they're going to get rid of it. And you're just on the losing end since you were in the minority. But um, Well, uh, overall, it, it's, it's, a, it's a problem with perception because they perceive that I am better when in fact it's just my strategy is better, not my actual skill. Because well, well, most of the time if I meet these people, if you were playing Modern Warfare 2 nine months to a year after release, you are not somebody who's of low player skill. At least you're not being matched with me at this point. And so they assume that because I'm, getting, I'm killing them that I'm, I'm actually something about my gun or something about my ability is better, when in fact it's just about I position myself for the optimal killing field. Yeah, so so you've got better knowledge there because more experience, and that's fine, right? And and as a player too, I part of me thinks to myself, well, I just need to keep playing and figure out what it is they do differently, so I can become that good, right? I can get that experience. But that whole time, like it, honestly, it's it's a question of am I do I see myself improving so that I think I could overcome that person who's way better than me? Or do I really think I'm just getting ripped off because that person has too much of an advantage and it's not something that I can learn past? And uh, I can only guess that they had enough feedback from people really believing that it was just too advantageous to have a position like that and wanting to, to level out the field a little bit better. And so they wanted to get rid of it, apparently, right? And, um, and also I'll clarify, my camping and that being removed isn't me saying that I uh, I don't like it that I can't win as easily. It's I've learned a level of depth in the gameplay that what I wanted from the next in the series is to go deeper, not become less strategic. And that's why I feel robbed. Not because of 
now I, I have to play in a different way. It's more like I now have less options and there's less of that chess match going on. Well, if it makes you feel better, uh, a friend of mine who said he liked the second one better, it was because of the level design. So it sounds like you and he share share that opinion. Anyway, uh, we're at the end of the segment, so thank you for calling. We're going to get to some other things as soon as we get back, and we will be right back. We're back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. What else do we have? I like. It. Can we be done with Modern Warfare 3? Oh, totally. We're so done. Right. I mean, that was half a show. Unless someone would like to call in 866-536-1100 <laughs> and talk about more Modern Warfare 3. No, talk about some other aspect of it, perhaps. I, I don't know. Um, do, any housekeeping? Don't we have to do some housekeeping? That's something. I don't really have much. No, I mean, next week. Sponsor. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there's that. UAT.edu, website for University of Advancing Technology. Go visit. See cool. what you can do there. I went there. Anyway, um, next week, uh, last show of the month. Um, we really should figure this out. So yeah. so you're not going to be here? Is this the I am going to be here. You're, it's you're tight, be, though, because i got to go to Vegas next week. I was originally going to leave before, but now I think I'm not going to leave till Wednesday. So Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I'm pretty sure I can swing it. Okay. Got to figure some other things out by then, too. All right. So. Deal sealed. Anyway. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about PETA. PETA. Let's make this one fast, because I do not care I got, about PETA I got a very couple, much. I got a couple of beautiful quickies. Okay. So, apparently, there there are people who like to skin raccoon dogs and um, mercilessly, right? A raccoon dog? Yeah. There is such a thing. So... You know the Tanuki suit in Mario? I do know the Tanuki suit. Yes. So, Tanuki is a raccoon dog. Okay. It's a Japanese name for a raccoon dog. I thought it was just a raccoon. I I don't know the difference. Let's not get into <laughs> that. Let's just say there's something called a raccoon dog, and it's alive, and people are killing it mercilessly. Okay. With great vigor. Well, they so want to make Tanuki suit. So much vigor as to incense PETA enough to launch this campaign apparently a raccoon dog is just a raccoon okay not a dog <laughs> all right anyway whatever it is uh it's also a tanuki and mario wears suits of it and so Peter was like oh what a great opportunity to engage in more ridiculous campaigning do they know that um nobody cares about animals in japan um i don't think that they know anything like that i'm pretty sure not and so what I thought was pretty funny is that they're saying – they actually released a statement that says, by wearing Tanuki, Mario is sending the message that it's okay to wear fur. And my reaction is, yes. Yes, it is okay to wear fur. It's completely okay to wear fur. Well, PETA doesn't think so. Well, clearly they don't. And, and so so Nintendo's response, um, which was also kind of funny, was, said uh, – they were speaking to Eurogamer and they said, quote, Mario often takes the appearance of certain animals and objects in this game. These have included a frog, a penguin, a balloon, and even a metallic version of himself. These lighthearted and whimsical transformations give Mario different abilities and make his games fun to play. The different forms that Mario takes on make no statement beyond the games themselves. And here's the kicker out of all this, right? You know what you do in Skyrim? You wear a horse. You hunt. You kill. You skin. And you wear your new skin. Yep. 
So the difference there, though, is that that well, game is all about killing and yeah. stuff, and this well, Mario's aimed at a wider. Skyrim is audience. also not quite as well known as Mario. Yeah. So they they take, they took the big target, but come on. Okay. So enough of that. Um, here's another quickie. This maybe may have been a quote taken out of context, but. That always makes for good radio. It makes for fantastic radio. So there's this blog post on uh, Industry Gamers. And they're talking about um, these various things that this uh, Microsoft Xbox Live executive named Robin Burroughs said. Uh, the most crazy of which was all entertainment will be interactive within the next five years. When was that said? All interact yeah, to yesterday, a couple days ago. Four days ago. Did he remember that books are still around? All entertainment. No books, no movies, no music, no roller coasters. I could go on. Okay. But I won't. Roller coasters? How is the roller coaster interactive? I I guess not. It's not interactive. It is entertainment. It's passive. It's entertainment. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? People confuse the word interactive to mean all kinds of things it doesn't. Okay, just because you're actively engaged in something doesn't mean anything to do with interactivity. There's this toy. Okay, it's a playset. It's like a mat with pictures on it. Yeah. And they sell it to like seven year olds. And you know what it's called? The interactive playset. Interactive playset. It's That's a mat with pictures on it. It does not interact with you. Just because you can do something to something doesn't mean that it interacts with you. Okay. All right. I'm with you. Enough of that. Okay, that one's done. I, I don't even remember what we just talked about. All entertainment will be interactive within, within the next five years. Oh, this is just Microsoft dude says something crazy. Yeah. What was his name? Robin Burroughs. Okay. Well, I would say remember that name, except you'll probably never hear it again. Not, not like within the next century. Not within 50 years. No, within five years. Uh, by out of context, do you mean he was talking about video games? I was just covering my bases. I still think it's an outlandish thing to say in any context. Okay. That's fine. You can't say... Just because... How can you even... like? How is a movie interactive when a movie's not interactive? Well, I think he's making the suggestion that it will be. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, we've tried that about 1,300 times in the past. Lordane decided that was a horrible idea. Yeah. Hey, tell people who played Heavy, heavy Rain. <sighs> Yeah, everything interactive. Because if it's interactive, it's better, right? Because yep. if cause if the peanut butter's got chunks in it, it's got to be better because non-chunky peanut butter doesn't have chunks. And if it has so, something, it must be better. So uh, next quickie is the Ubisoft Drossom tablet. Come okay, on. fine. All right. So what are we going to say about this? Did you know this existed before I brought it up? I actually did. Okay. So for our listeners who are not aware, you, around this time last year, were touting this awesome game called, like, Dude's Night Out or Dude Gets Played or what's what was it called? Dude's Big Adventure. Dude's Big Adventure. I won't even go f- as far as to say claim it's awesome, but it is a game that I, I worked on and it was very, very significant contributor to. Okay. So Dude's Big Adventure, Dude, D-O-O-D. Yeah. Which His apparently means you're junk in Australia. Yeah. So fantastic. Well, well what are you going to do, right? <laughs> I think we got a different market in so, Australia. That was the game that you worked on, on this fancy new device that you couldn't tell me about for pretty much ever. Yep. And it was the UDRAW game tablet by Indeed. THQ. And now Ubisoft is coming out with the UDRAW game tablet for the <laughs> Wii that they call the Drawsome tablet, 
And the only difference is basically that its pen does not have a wire attached to it. Um, and the box refers to it as having a whatever, inch, like 9.7 inch you know something what? screen. It's not a screen. It's just yeah. a writing field. Yes. But They call it a screen? They the That's the box screen. refers to it as a screen, which I was like, no. There are even no, more uncanny similarities, actually, with yeah. this whole thing. No, it's exactly the same. No, 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 thing. no, 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 no. I don't think you understand the depth to which this is really uncanny. So when THQ was marketing this thing, uh, they had a particular um, artist who um, I don't recall his name, but he's not especially well known among video gamers. He was just some kind of classical artist. And they hired him to, you know, do some promotional stuff like, uh, you know, paint some paintings and like, you know, take some video of him while he's painting one of the paintings that he paints with the tablet, right? Guess what uh, Ubisoft does? They hired the same dude? Hired the same dude to do the same thing. That's, I want to say funny, but it's not because Ubisoft actually uh, do a pretty good job of just stealing everyone else's ideas. But like this one, it's not on a new platform. It's not. It's it's, it's just, just doing the same thing the next year. It's precisely what it is. Yeah, and I what, what's funny to me is like Nintendo had to write off on this UDraw tablet. They had to accept it and yes, be like all did. excited. Hey, we're gonna have this new thing that works with the Wii. Yep. And so, like they were excited, and now they they must have the same level of collaboration with this one. Or at least like the same level of acceptance. They must. Well, they, they have to because if you're making a peripheral for a Nintendo product that is not just like, you know, oh, it's my other controller, right? If you're making a unique peripheral, yeah, they, they must be heavily involved right from the start. Yeah, so so they have to know what's going on here. I mean, it's a licensed product. It's yes. real. Yes, absolutely. So like they were like, ah, this is going to be awesome. THQ, do it. And then Ubisoft comes along. So I don't know how this deal came to be. They're like, oh, hey, yeah, that's totally awesome. I, do, I don't know. I, I just It boggles my mind to try and think of like what rational circumstance would actually cause this thing to arise. Yeah. If, it were, if it were like a different platform and they just used the same sort of idea the, the and only, the same construction techniques, like, only, I would get it. The only thing I can think of is that maybe the first one – was considered like a toy or a piece of junk and they're trying to do it justice. Perhaps. The only rational explanation... it's going to go through the same life cycle of coming with a couple games, not releasing much more later, and no one will know what it is the following year. Most most likely, especially since it happened once already. But the great test will be like who markets it better and who actually sells more because I bet Ubisoft will do a lot better than THQ did because they market way more and way better. And THQ does. It's going to be a really interesting result. Yeah. But THQ has the advantage of being there a year earlier. So I'm really curious to see how the sales go on this. And I probably will never see how the sales go on it. But if we ever come across them, maybe, I, uh, I hope we will discuss Maybe they're tracking on it on VG charts. Maybe. Maybe we'll do an update later. Anyway, we are at the end of show, I think, 409. Um, maybe. Four or so, I don't know. I don't keep track anymore. 40 something. And uh, we will be back next week for our Thanksgiving program. If you're going to be around, give us a call. 866 Or go to ChatterboxGamers.com. Good night, guys. Bye. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember... All your base are belong to us.